don't know, guys. I'm not really into karaoke. You have a great voice, man. Plus, I think you might turn a few heads in that denim jacket. Yeah, and you're in the best shape of your life. Thin and fit, like a model. <sighs> Alright, I'll give it a try. Next up is Mark. Oh. Mark, are you here? Yeah, coming. Hi, how are you? Don't fuck this up. Okay, I'll try not to. Uh, this song goes out to uh, all the brave men and women out there who are just... Do oh, okay. Now who you gonna call? If you have a riff with either one of us, break out before you get bum rushed at the Wild Wild West. When I roll into the Wild Wild West. When I stroll into the Wild Wild West. When I bounce into the Wild Wild West. Let's go. We going Now, once upon a time in the West, man, man, lost his damn mind in the West. Love less, kidnap the dime, nothing less. Now I must put us behind to the test. Then through the shadows in the saddle, ready for battle. Bring all your boys in, here come the poison. Behind my back, all that riffing you did, front and center. Now where you live at, kid? Who that is? I mean, brother, down for your health. Looking damn good, though, if I can say it myself. Told me Loveless is a man, man, but I don't fear that. He got mad weapons, too. Ain't trying to hear that. Trying to bring down me? When y'all clowns gon' see me Understand me, son I'm the slickest they is I'm the quickest they is Did I say I'm the slickest they is? So if you're barking up the Wrong tree we coming Don't be starting nothing Me and my partner gonna Test your chest, love less Can't stand the heat Then get out the wild, wild When I roll into the When I stroll into the When I bounce into the Trying to draw, thinking you're bad Any drawn a west, best with a pen and a pad Don't even think about it Six gun weighing a ton Ten paces in turn just for fun Sun, left the sun down Rolling around, see where the bad guys Ought to be found and make them lay down The defenders of the west Crushing our pretenders in the west Don't mess with us, cause we in the When I roll into the When I stroll into the When I bounce into the Ha, ha, ha When I roll into the when I stroll into the When I bounce to the Big Will through hell Big Will through hell Give it up for Mark everyone Ooh, it's hot up there Damn I knew you could do it Excuse me? Oh, hi. That was amazing. That's very nice of you. Would you like to join me and my hot friends over there to 
make us laugh and stuff? Sure, yeah, I could do that. Let's go. Hey, guys. Yeah? Thanks. Welcome to Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. My name is Mark Dowling, and this is Let's Find Waldo with Mark Dowling. This is the show where I look at pictures in a Where's Waldo book, and I describe them to you. That's it. That's the concept. We are referencing the Where's Waldo 30th Anniversary Edition book, ISBN number 978-0-7636-9579-8. Today we're looking for Waldo at a safari park, and as always, he's left us a little message to help us get started on our search. Watch out, Waldo hunters. I love animals, that's for sure. I love that hippo with its alarm clock, that lion having its mane combed, that hat-eating giraffe, and those owls in sunglasses. They're great. Thanks, Waldo. So this really is a beautiful safari park. This is a place that I would love to visit if it existed in real life. There are so many great animals here that I'm looking forward to talking about. And there are a lot of people here on this day as well, so it's nice to see humans take an interest in wildlife uh, in a way that doesn't involve shooting them. What also catches my eye is how green this picture is. There's so many trees here. The trees are uh, uh, lining the, the perimeter of the safari park. And because of the sheer volume of the trees, I, I would imagine that there is some high-quality oxygen being let off, and I think that's probably making everybody a little bit more happier and healthier on this day. So the trees are really serving their purpose. You know what's ironic? The 10th track off of Jagged Little Pill, but also the fact that trees are being depicted on a piece of paper that we're looking at right now, because paper is made from trees. So that'd be like if you put a picture of a cow on a leather jacket. That's irony. Yeah, irony is one of those words that I think people throw around a lot, but they don't actually know the meaning of. Like, I don't know if if that cow on a jacket thing is actually ironic or if it's just like, there's a thing. You know, if like a kid, say, were to ask an adult, you know, what's irony? You know how kids sound? The adult would probably give an example of something ironic rather than give an actual definition. So what I'm saying is that we're all frauds. Okay, let's jump into this scene. We're going to start in the top right corner of the right page, and we see some bears. There are three bears who are sitting at a long table, and they each have a bowl of food in front of them. So this sort of looks like they're the judges in a reality cooking show, and there are some other bears who are in front of that table, so those are probably the contestants. And it's nice to see that this is what bears do in their spare time. You know, because when you're a bear, all you have is time. So it, this is a great way to kill it. Uh, there are two judges who appear to be enjoying the meal that was prepared for them. And the third one is not happy with it. So that's the picky one. That's the uh, Paul Hollywood or the Simon Cowell. Uh, more like Simon Scowl, right? That guy was never happy. And there's also a little road that's in that top corner there. And there's a car driving down that road, a, a blue car. And there's a man hanging out of the window with a camera, and he's taking a picture. 
And we have one bear that's leaning up against a tree, so he's posing, and he's a bit of a ham, I would say. So let's follow that road that that car is driving down, because that's the way into the safari park. And this road kind of goes off the page to the right, but don't worry, it comes back onto the page a little bit down. And so we're passing into the actual safari park now. There's a yellow car, and next to that... To the left, there's a bunch of monkeys, and there's a monkey hanging on a tree. He's leaning over, and he's stealing the hat off of a man who's in the passenger seat of that yellow car. On the grounds, there are a couple of monkeys who are chomping on some bananas. So it's probably lunchtime here at the safari park, around 12 p.m. Though I don't know if monkeys adhere to the same meal schedule that humans do. I mean, we evolved from them, so maybe they're the ones who originated that. Maybe back in the day, there were monkeys that were meeting for brunch. There was a group of monkeys, and they were like, Sunday, we're going to go out for brunch. And everybody was really excited. And then Sunday got there, and one of the monkeys bailed. And then that made three other monkeys feel comfortable bailing. And it ended up just being two monkeys that had brunch together, and they were the ones that didn't really know each other. They were like friends of friends, so they had to sit there awkwardly and sort of get to know each other. Sadly, we haven't evolved much from that. To the left of those monkeys who are eating the bananas, we have one that is slipping on a banana peel. And I imagine that's a big hazard amongst the primate community. They're at high risk for slipping on peels. So you got to look out for each other, guys. You can't just be finishing your banana and then throwing the peel all willy-nilly, all milly-vanilly. You should put that in a designated area so that nobody gets hurt. Unless somebody put that there intentionally, like there's some sort of George Clooney monkey walking around pranking people. Above that, there's a man who is dressed like Tarzan. He's wearing a loincloth and nothing else. And he's swinging from a tree on a vine and screaming. And I think he's just looking for attention. And everybody seems to be ignoring this guy. Because they came to this park to see animals. You know, if they wanted to see someone impersonate someone else, they would go to a Frank Caliendo show. Moving back to that road that leads into the safari park, we have a blue car that's entering the front gate. And on the roof of that car, there's a gorilla that's sitting crisscross applesauce style. And I think normally, in real life, this would probably be pretty terrifying, right? Because gorillas are really heavy, and that roof would have a really good chance of caving in. But in this case, nobody seems to be too concerned with that. The gorilla has a big smile on its face, and it's just enjoying the ride into the park. And that car and the gorilla are being greeted by two safari park workers and they're wearing tan uniforms, your classic animal expert uniform, like, a, like Steve Irwin style. R.I.P. Steve Irwin. You know, things haven't been the same since he died. Mostly because things change all the time. It really has nothing to do with his death. It's just that things are a lot different now in 2020 than they were back at the time he passed away. Like, back then, George W. Bush was president, He's not anymore. Back then, Friends was on the air. It's not on the air anymore. You know who my favorite Friends character is? It, well, it's actually a tie. It's a tie between 
Ross, Rachel, Phoebe, Monica, Joey, and Chandler. Boy, could I be any more indecisive? Okay, moving to the right, we are now inside of the safari park, and there's a patch of grass. And on that patch of grass, there are five adorable lion cubs. And each one of those cubs is wearing a green hat and a green scarf. So I think this is a play on the Cub Scouts, which are like young Boy Scouts. So I think you're a Cub Scout, and then if you get enough merit badges, you become a Boy Scout. And then somewhere along the line, you become a Man Scout. So one of these Cubs is scratching a tall tree stump, like a, a, a house cat would scratch a scratching post. And we can count how old this tree stump is by counting the rings. And there are two rings. So, you know, cut down in its prime. I wish there was a way you could tell how old a human was by counting something on their body. But you have to take their word for it. Which is a shame because there are certainly a couple people I've known who have been in their 20s for about 15 years. You could put whatever kind of candles you want on your birthday cake. That's not going to change the year you were actually born. That's like if you wore a t-shirt that said Harvard, but you actually went to Hofstra. It's deceitful and unnecessary. There's no reason to lie about that sort of stuff. Let's embrace our old deteriorating bodies and our inferior public school educations because we don't bow down to the young. We don't bow down to the educated. We stand together because we are the 99%. And I'll be damned if I let some corporate bigwig suit-wearing son of a bitch tell me what I can and can't do. Tell me that he's not going to accept my resume because it's handwritten. That's not a rule. That guy doesn't make the rules. That guy merely perpetuates the bullshit that was created to keep the working man down and keep the rich man up. The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Uh, have you ever seen Dora the Explorer? I lost it a little bit towards the end there. I'll admit that. Moving down, we have three lions who are waiting in line for a porta potty. And the lion who's at the start of the line, closest to the porta potty, he's up next, that is your classic-looking lion. Nothing really special about him. I mean, he is majestic, but there's nothing remarkably distinctive about him. The lion behind him is perhaps a little bit younger. It doesn't have a full mane, but it has a goatee. So, a little more stylish than any other lion that I've seen. The lion behind him, he's at the back of the line... This one looks like it's seen some stuff. Its eyes are wide open. It looks terrified. It's sitting back on its hind legs. And you know what I think happened? I think that maybe this lion thought that it could wait in line longer than it actually could. It didn't make it. It had a, a bit of an accident. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. It happens. We shouldn't be shaming this lion for that. We need to destigmatize the public accident. And I'm not talking about the type of accident where you hit someone with your car. I'm talking about the accident where you go number two unintentionally. 
when you turn your bell bottoms into smell bottoms, that's what I'm talking about. I think it's one of the most embarrassing things that could happen to a person. But the weird thing is, is that it happens to everybody. Like there are straight up hunks and babes who have shit their pants in public. We shouldn't be afraid of the judgment. We shouldn't have to walk home in shame. There should be a taxi service that specifically picks up people who shit their pants and takes them home safely so that they don't have to ride the subway with everybody's eyes upon them. I think this idea has legs. If you're an app developer and this piques your interest, please let me know and maybe we can get to work on something. Just need to think of a name. I Well, first of all, you know how they have yellow taxis and they have green taxis. Well, I'm thinking that these would be brown taxis, obviously. So maybe we call it Brown Town. Or Shitty City. Whatever it is, it has to rhyme. I know that. But let's put a pin in it. We'll come back to that. I think just by mentioning it on the show, that means that it's automatically copywritten. So nobody could steal our idea. And it is our idea, by the way. Any profits that I make from this app, I will share with the listener. Because I couldn't have done it without you. Okay, let's make a left down this side road here that goes all the way through the safari park. And we see a small gold car. And there's a family looking out of the window. And they're looking at a lion who is being groomed by two safari park workers. One of the workers is combing the lion's mane and blow drying its mane as well. And the other worker is holding up a mirror to that lion's face. I guess so it could check in on the grooming process. Just below that, there is a leopard who is getting its claws trimmed by a worker. And normally that would probably be a pretty scary thing for the worker to do, right? Because a leopard could scratch your throat or like literally any other part of your body. But this leopard seems to be enjoying this. He's laying on his back and he's got his eyes closed. He's got a smile on his face. The worker has a smile on its face. A very well-behaved leopard. It might actually be a cheetah. Huh. Well, there's no real way to know. So let's just move on. Continuing down that road, we have Santa Claus, who is pulling a sled with a reindeer in it. And Santa looks very intoxicated. He's got his tongue sticking out of his mouth. It's possible that he's just exhausted from pulling that sled. He's pulling it on pavement. There's no snow here. So maybe he's on the verge of heat stroke. But there are two workers who are holding open a gate for Santa. So they don't seem to... Maybe they're Jewish. They don't seem to really be interested in helping him. Behind Santa, there are two zebras that are crossing over the road, and they're using a crosswalk that has the same pattern and color as their fur. So I think maybe this crosswalk is only for zebras, and nobody else is allowed to use it. And I think that's okay. I'm okay with that. Zebras are very underappreciated animals, in my opinion. They are such a step up from a regular horse. Because they're essentially the same, but they've got a little pizzazz. So let's follow where those zebras are headed. They're headed to a patch of grass 
that's fenced in, and they're going to meet some other four-legged animals. There are two reindeer. There are two mountain goats. There's a unicorn. I don't know why they call them unicorns. They should call them unihorns. There are also some giraffes here. Giraffes, another just objectively beautiful creature. Nobody sees a giraffe and they're like, yeah, I don't, that's not for me. You see a giraffe and you're like, wow, what an amazing animal. And one of these giraffes is using that long neck, which is a big feature of the giraffe. It's using that long neck to stretch over the fence and grab a hat off of a woman's head. A couple uh, hat grabbers here at, at the safari park today. We had that monkey earlier and now we have this giraffe. Crossing over that fence, we're now on the left page of this scene, and there's a paved area where there are a lot of people. So I think you need a vehicle to get into the safari park, but these people are just hanging out on the outskirts of the park. But there is something for them to do. In the lower left corner of the left page, there is a maze, a hedge maze, and this one is in the shape of a question mark. And there are a lot of people who are trapped inside of that maze. So I guess we'll just run down and, and uh, talk about all these people. First up, we're at the bottom of the question mark here. And we have a boy in a yellow shirt. And he's looking over the hedge wall with a periscope. Behind him, there's a man who's wearing a red sweater with a white collared shirt underneath. So sort of like a, a Bobby Knight uniform. Bobby Knight, the famous chair-throwing... Indiana basketball coach. And this man is holding a map, a paper map. Maps used to be on paper, and now they're on your phone. That man is with an older gentleman who is dressed like an explorer. He's wearing a safari hat and has a walking stick, a white mustache. So I'm not sure why it's the younger guy who is in charge of navigation and not the more experienced explorer. Behind them, there are three men who appear to be transporting cocaine. I don't know what else this would be. They each have a bag, a big bag of something white on top of their heads, and it's bound together with twine. They, they look sort of like 70s screenwriters, so it probably is cocaine. Behind them, there's a man and a woman, and they're both sucking on their index fingers... I don't know, guys. I think things are getting pretty crazy in this maze. That's why it's a question mark, because you don't know what's going on inside here. Next up, we have a disheveled, castaway-looking guy. He has a torn-open brown shirt, torn-up brown pants, a big brown beard, and long hair. And he's throwing what appears to be a message in a bottle. He's throwing it like a football. And what's interesting is he's throwing it off to the left, and the last scene that we did was at sea. So I wonder if we have a little bit of uh, breaking of the fourth wall here. I've ha we haven't seen that yet. That's pretty cool. Next to him, there is a man who looks like an old grizzled detective. He's wearing a fedora and he's got a, a suit jacket on. So those drug traffickers better look out because maybe this guy is on their tail. Next to him, we have three kids who are stacked on each other's shoulders, so they're trying to get an eagle-eye perspective of this maze and hopefully find their way out. Really smart. You know, kids are smarter than we give them credit for sometimes. 
Moving into the next layer towards the middle of the, the maze, we see a man who has thrown his hands up in the air like he's given up and he's he's crying out, help, somebody help me out of here. And it's troublesome because he appears to be leading a field trip of children. Now at the very center of the question mark, we have a skeleton. So somebody died trying to find their way out of this maze, which I think would probably be cause for closing the maze. But this safari park decided to keep it open for some reason. There are several people who are just in hysterics. People are chewing on their fingernails. There's a woman ripping her hair out. One guy has gone so crazy that he's ripped off his shirt and he's screaming. And I don't want to shame anybody, but this guy does not have the body to be doing that. There are a couple of older teenage kids who have taken initiative. We're at the bottom of the question mark now. And they've decided, that's it. I'm not dying in here. Somebody found a shovel and they've dug their way out of the maze. So now we're going to move up above the maze. We're all the way on the edge of the left page. And there's a little bit of a pond there surrounded by grass. And we see a celebrity in the pond. It's Noah of Noah's Ark. And he has his ark with him. And he's leading animals onto the ark two by two. So there are two boars, two gorillas, two lions, and two bears. And then above that, on the grass, there's one rhino. And he's not allowed on the ark. This is a couples-only ark. So he's going to have to find a mate if he wants to get in on that. Now we have some elephants who are hanging out on the grass outside of the pond. One of these elephants is using its trunk to sniff a bunch of ice cream cones off of an ice cream truck that's on that road that goes all the way through the middle of the safari park. And the guy who's working in the ice cream truck is like, my supplies, my supplies, the elephant took all my supplies. In the pond, we have a hippopotamus and it's got its mouth open. There are two Safari park workers who are brushing its teeth with a big red toothbrush. Moving back up to that road, we have a yellow car. And on the other side of that road, there is an elephant standing on some grass. And that elephant is making use of its trunk. It's spraying water into that yellow car. Their windows are down. And the elephant has a big smile on its face. So we got another Clooney animal on our hands. We got a, we got a prankster here. And next to that elephant, we have a hippo who's out of water on the ground. And right behind that hippo is Waldo. We did it. Another one in the can. We found Waldo again. He's wandering on the outskirts of the safari park. He's not in a vehicle, so I'm not sure that he's actually allowed to be doing what he's doing. But... He loves animals, so I'm not going to tell on him if you don't tell on him. And I raised you better than that. You know we don't snitch on this podcast. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with everybody's favorite part of the show, the outro. Stick around. Well, that does it for this episode of Let's Find Waldo. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Carl Tart for playing Waldo. Carl is a frequent guest on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. 
And he also has a podcast of his own called The Flagrant Ones, which you can find on Patreon. I also want to thank Keaton Patty, Juan Nicolon, and Lauren Kahn for being in the opening sketch. And thank you to Will Smith for writing Wild Wild West. The song, not the movie. The song is fantastic. The movie is not so great. But the movie gave us the song, so I'm not here to look a gift horse in the mouth. Please rate and review this show on iTunes if you can. I would really appreciate that. Other than that, I got nothing left to say. My name is Mark Dowling, and until next time, remember, if you are lost, there will always be somebody there to find you.